Before we start today's podcast, we are heartbroken to learn of the passing of Brandon Meebane's infant daughter, McKenna. Please join the Chargers in keeping Brandon and his family in your thoughts and prayers during this very difficult time. Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on a special divisional round edition of Chargers Weekly. Another star-studded lineup this week, Super Bowl winning head coach Bill Cowher, NFL Network's Willie McGinnis and Omar Ruiz, the Boston Globe's Ben Volan, and radio analyst Daniel Jeremiah will all get you prepared for Sunday's game in Foxborough against the Patriots. It will start with CBS's Bill Cowher, who paid a visit to Costa Mesa this week. All right, my first guest, a Super Bowl-winning head coach. You can see him this Sunday on the NFL Today on CBS before Chargers-Pats. The great Bill Cowher joins me here on Chargers Weekly from the Hogue Performance Center. Coach, how you doing? Doing great. Great to be here. How's L.A. treating you so far? Just got off the plane, huh? Yeah, I got off the plane <laughs> last night. Been looking forward to coming out there talking to a couple guys on defense today. So this is a tease for Chargers fans. I think we're sensing a feature yes, on Sunday yes, the Chargers yes. fans can get excited yeah, about, right? We're, we're going to sit down with uh, with Melvin Ingram, uh, Joey Boza, and Derwin James. So you got a little bit of the new breed and uh, some of the people like Melvin who's been here before. And certainly I think when you look at their performance in the last few weeks, this defense, um, you know, I don't know if it's been overlooked, but boy, the performance they put forth with Gus Bradley heading it uh, against the Baltimore Ravens last week was very impressive, the number one rushing offense. And then now they have to turn around, go back to the East Coast and, and face a team that Last week, they, they ran the ball 50 times. This week, they could be throwing the ball 50 times. So, That's right. interesting to see their perspective on the challenge that lies ahead. Coach, before we get into this matchup, you've coached in 21 of these playoff games. If you could, describe what it's like to prepare for a playoff game, specifically in the divisional round. Yeah, I, I think in this round, it, 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 I, I always thought the wild card round and divisional round are really uh, the two most intriguing ones because, number one, you're – in this case, you're going up against a team that's been on a bye, and everyone talks about the bye being a positive thing. But sometimes a bye can, you can come out slow because it's hard to simulate the same rate of speed, game speed that you go to. So I think a good fast start for the LA Chargers this week will be, you know, would be really nice to get off to that. And you know, it, it, again, you 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 look at uh, a wild card team, and we won our championship in 2005. We were a six seed. That's right. Uh, LA was a five seed, right, going into this, and we played all our games on the road and kind of really embraced the whole road uh, concept. And you, you look at this football team, it's 8-1 and one in the road this year, and the only game they lost, you didn't even, never even got on a plane. So it was here in L.A. That's right. <laughs> so, and, then, and then the one home game was a London game. So you're 9-0 when you get on a plane this year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a scenario that I think when I look at this team, there's something special here. And I think this started about the midway of last year. You finished out the year going 6-1, and one, and you kind of took that into the next year. And I think I give a lot of credit to Anthony Lynn and this coach staff for uh, you know you know just embracing the moment and setting the foundation and the players responding to each and every move that they've made let's talk about coach Lynn for a second because you mentioned it back-to-back winning seasons he gets to the playoffs and he has a heck of a coaching staff with Gus Bradley and a guy you know very well and Ken Wisenhunt uh, what can you say about this staff knowing just how difficult it is just to get to this point coach uh, there's no question I think Anthony is, is is you look at him I would just say he's a leader of men I um, mean, he's a guy, he stands up in front of the uh, the, the team. Uh, I think people respect him. He's played in the National Football League. He's coaching in the National Football League. He understands 
what winning culture is. He understands what that atmosphere should look like. And I think he's tried to establish that here. And I think it trickles down to even some of his coaching staff and him being able to have the confidence enough to bring in two ex-head coaches. That's right. As a first-time head coach. And I think that speaks volumes about him. So I I am just been impressed with what he's done, uh, with how he's managed everything. And he really kept everything in a proper perspective. You, you look at him, he's a very calm guy, keeps everything kind of you know uh, right there and uh, doesn't get too high with the highs, doesn't get too low with the lows. And I think that his team kind of plays that way on a very consistent basis. When you watch this team on Sunday against the Ravens and you saw them trot out seven defensive backs to start the game yeah. and they played 58 or 59 snaps as a defensive guy, what was your reaction to that? Well, you know, I thought it was brilliant. I yeah. think what Gus did was he, you know, you, you talk about a running team, you think, okay, well, we're going to bring out a much more defensive lineman, but they sit there and bring Adrian Phillips down and play him play linebacker, particularly when you lose to Chavis, you know, to an injury. So what do you do? So let's put Derwin in there. These are kind of positionless players that they can play linebacker, they can play defensive back. And I thought he did a great job of moving Melvin Ingram around and Joey Bosa around. I mean, and you have, you have a unique skill set of players on the defensive side of the ball that Gus has done a very good job in doing some things that were kind of unconventional. So you play an unconventional offense, what do you do? You match with an unconventional defense. And I thought that was a brilliant move on his part. Benefit to seeing them twice in three weeks, too, I would imagine. I would think so as well. I think it would be interesting. One of the statements we're going to talk to the defensive guys, we're going to reflect a little bit on that game. And you know, I just was wondering if at halftime, did Gus talk about, hey, we may end up seeing uh, Joe Flacco in the second half of this game. And if they know. did, does that change your whole thinking? So some of the questions I think will be interesting to hear their their perspective about. But you know, that was last week. And you know, it's time to move on right now because the challenge this week is contrastly different. Very different. And we talk about strength versus strength. We talk about 9-0 and when you get on a plane. How about 8-0 at home with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, been there, done that. You know about these guys. Your initial thoughts on this matchup, Coach? Uh, You know, I I think, again, when you talk about Bill in in January and Tom Brady, they've been there before, and they've had a week to prepare. Um, They're going to – they're going to – they're going to make you beat them with what they perceive to be your second strength, not your first strength. Mm. And so I'd be interesting to see how they assess that because is it Melvin Gordon in the offense on the defensive side of the ball um, it, or is it Phillip Rivers and, and all of a sudden Keenan Allen and Williams is. And I said, so you have some you have some interesting decisions. Hunter Hendry comes back this week. You know, and I, don't, I know he may be on a pitch count. I know as, as Coach Lance talked about. Some of the guy to prepare for, though. It absolutely is. You talk about positionless players. Hunter's one of those guys, too, that can be a kind of a matchup guy that you better be careful about. But again, I think when you look at this game, I think from the L.A. Chargers standpoint is just play your game. You know, the one thing I think they've always and they've proven an ability to do is to adjust. Mm. And I thought the nice thing that Ken Wisenhunt did in the second time going against this Baltimore team, he was patient. Didn't try to throw the ball too much. Ran the ball. It wasn't about yards. It was about attempts. Do what I, you got to do to win. Yeah, and, and, I, and I thought that I thought Phillip got more comfortable as the game went on. So I think in this game, again, for Phillip, you know, with, see what the weather's like. You know, it's going to be a little bit cold and blustery. Yep. Um, and uh, this time of year, you go to New England. And But at the same time, you know, see what they want to take away from you. And I think a game against Bill Belichick is you prepare for the unexpected. No and doubt. I think if you can go into this idea and understand, listen, let's, it's a feeling out process. Let's see what they're going to come at us with. And let's be ready to adjust on the sidelines. So you kind of stay open-minded, not to deviate from what you do, but be prepared to make some adjustments in the course of this game. Coach, what's the biggest challenge that you think 
the Chargers pose to the Patriots. I first glance, you look at fifty four and ninety nine coming off the edge. If they can get to Brady with four, that could be that could be the thing to to really put this over the top. I don't think there's any question. I, I think I think the pass rush that you see right now and you've seen from the LA Chargers is something that you have to be aware of because they move Melvin Ingram around so much and Joey. These are two dynamic pass rushers. They have guys like Derwin James. You, you know, he lines up as a linebacker, he lines up as a safety. You know, these are some positionless play, players as we always kind of talk about. And you could get a different scheme. We saw one against Baltimore. So I think, again, going into this game against against the Patriots, I, I still go back. They may throw the ball 50 times, but you better stop Sony Michelle. Because yeah. they get the running game going. A lot of their passing game and big plays come off of play action. Yeah. So I think, again, understand that it's a lot different thinking as you walk into this meeting this morning as we sit here on a Wednesday. Um, I'm sure Gus Bradley says, okay, everything I told you about with the Ravens, forget it all. <laughs> exactly. We're going to the completely other side of it. The run game is setting up the passing game. Yep. So I said if they run the football, we have to stop that. But I understand that play action is a big part of what they want to do when they throw the ball down the field. The quick passing game is back in vogue right now. So with this quarterback, because they like to do it, so you're going to have to tackle well and get everyone running to the football. So it's a whole different thinking than you had to worry about whether you take the dive, whether you take the option with uh, Lamar Jackson. I said, don't worry, Tom Brady's not going to be running an RPO this week. So <laughs> exactly. it, it won't be a problem. <laughs> Coach, offensively for the Chargers, I look at the last three games, and I'll be a two of them came against Baltimore, that, that punishing defense. Week 17 was a little strange. It was Denver. It was just kind of a weird week. Um, Phillip has thrown for fewer than 200 yards in those three games. Uh, I know how important Gordon and Eckler are in this game, but, but how important is it for Phillip to get the ball down the field to some of these big wide receivers? Well, I think this will be the first game that, you know, in theory, I think we look at from a pass rush standpoint, um, you know, uh, you know, he's gone against two teams in Baltimore, two, two of those weeks against Baltimore that, that went blitz happy, and they really pushed a pocket. And, and the other one was having uh, – you know, Chubb and Von Miller coming off the corner. So if I'm him, I'm sitting back going, well, I listen, New England's a good defense, but like, thank you. Like, like a little like, bit of know, a breath, right? A little bit. And I would just say from the standpoint, and for Phillip, he'll know, he's into it. He's, I thought he did a really good job going into Baltimore on the road, just like you go into New England on the road. Feel it out. It's like, it's, it's like you're exchanging a little bit of jabs in the first time. And you know what? Remember going up there last year and you had the big run from Melvin Gordon early in the game. That's so, right. You know, I think when opportunities present itself, listen, Phil's going to take it. You know, you know that. Don't worry He's about that. He's not afraid so, to. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I think that's what makes him so special. And I think that's why when you look at his career and you look at this opportunity, you know, it's hard not to, 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 to think, man, if he can make one of these runs on the road, um, it would kind of uh, solidify an already fa- fabulous career. There's so many matchups in this game that are intriguing. When you look at it, what's most intriguing to you? I, I look at Derwin versus Gronkowski. There's right. a lot of different things that, that could decide this game. Well, I think Derwin versus Gronkowski could be one as well. But the different things that uh, that uh, Gus will do with it, you'll know if that will be constantly the matchup. I, I, I think, again, I just go back to the same thing. I think the ability for, for Phillip to be comfortable and to be able to get back in that pocket and make some plays. And whether that may be down the field, whether it be taking what he needs to take with crossing routes, I think a lot of the onus will go on that offense offensive line and for Wiz to be able to make sure that they make the adjustments you're going to make because like I said prepare for the unexpected you know you go up there and what you've seen from New England in the past maybe a little bit different what you see in this game it's going to be cold it's going to be a different atmosphere than they've been in again I go back to the same thing you cannot turn the football over in games like this that's how you got there um, and you need to get some big plays on defense you got some big play players um, you may have to get some more on this game so again you you look at what you're doing um, how you've got here you don't deviate from that but some of those factors are going to be, again, completely
completing drives, not kicking field goals, um, holding them to field goals when you get into the red zone. The situational football part of this, and again, protecting the football in a cold weather game, will be a, have, a, I think, a large to do with the outcome of this game. Finally, Coach, we'll end on this. Chargers go into Pittsburgh and win this year. They go to Kansas City, Seattle, uh, Baltimore, London, Cleveland, when they were really playing teams close. Um, does that give you an added confidence to go into a place like New England? It's a different animal, I get it, in January to try to beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick of Foxborough, but to have those wins under your belt this year going into it has to give you a little bit of confidence. No question. I mean, I go back to the last drive that uh, that the Chargers had against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. There's no harder place to play than Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, the Chargers know that. But what he did in that last drive, you know, the throw he makes over the middle to, to, to Calvin Benjamin is an unbelievable throw. The go for two with Gus and, and to have that unfold the way it did. That's a confident builder. That's a confident builder from a team standpoint. And it's a confident builder that your coach had the guts to go for it for two. No doubt. You know, and so, you know what, you take away from that and you said, you know what, there's nothing holding us back. Um, just go out there and play. As, 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 as Philip was saying, gosh, let's just go win this thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love the attitude that, that they have, the confidence that they're playing with. And, yes, it's a big challenge, but, boy, I'm looking forward to Sunday's game. Man, I cannot wait for Sunday. Coach, it's a treat to have you here Thank in Costa you, Mesa, and we look forward to seeing you before the game on Sunday. Sounds good. All Thank right. You. All right, Chargers fans, if you're in Southern California this weekend and you're looking for a place to watch the game on Sunday, be sure to visit Chargers.com to find a watch party nearest you. There are 11 different parties throughout the greater L.A. area, including at American Junkie in Hermosa Beach, Thunder Alley, Louis G. They're going to run it back this weekend. It all starts at 9 a.m. Again, visit Chargers.com to find a watch party near you. And at Pizza Hut, they're more than a $5 lineup of medium one-topping pizzas, wings, and Cinnabon mini rolls. They're the easiest choice you'll make all week. Just $5 each at Pizza Hut when you buy two or more. Now joined by NFL Network's Willie McGinnis. And Willie, I know you're a busy man this week. I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well, and of course, we're going to see you on NFL Network this weekend, but before we get into this Patriots-Chargers matchup in the divisional round, I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw from this Chargers defense against Lamar Jackson in that Baltimore Ravens offense last Sunday. I saw a great job of uh, scheming up uh, a versatile defense. Uh, Gus Bradley, I think, did a, a phenomenal job of making that adjustment from the first meeting they they met and, and bringing in a, what we called the penny personnel groups which is the smaller more athletic guys he had actually three safeties i think it was a die uh james and jenkins uh, yep. playing the linebackers and kind of the rover spots and um you know uh, lamar is dangerous when he gets on the edges and they had guys that could combat that you know for the first three and a half quarters lamar jackson was held to, to minus two passing yards and you know a, a lot of this goes with the all-pro rookie Darwin James, just your impressions of, of Darwin from opening day to, to present, it just seems like the moment hasn't been too big for him, Willie. No, I love this kid ever since um, he was at the Nike opening before he even got, you know, into the NFL. He's uh, he's special. Um, he has a unique ability to, to play in the box and be aggressive and hit like a linebacker. Um, he has, you know, the, the, the footwork and coverage skills of a defensive back and of course, he's a safety, you know, so, you know, nobody gets behind him. And he has the versatility and athletic ability. I think that's something that the Chargers has been missing for years. A guy uh, to be able to play either, you know, single high or, or down in the box. 
to to do a lot of different things that allows you to give a lot of different looks. You really don't know um, when he's in the box if he's another rusher, uh, if he's there to cover a tight end or a back, or they're using him as some type of different type of defensive scheme. So um, he's a tough guy, man. He's tough. I've been I've been a fan of his for a few years now. And I knew he would make an easy transition into the NFL because he's so talented. He can do so many things. He's a positionless guy, and there's a lot of these guys on this team. But you know, one thing you know better than anybody: you got to pack a pass rush in the postseason. And they got to Lamar Jackson seven times, six different guys. How important is it going to be, especially in this next round when you're playing the greatest quarterback of all time, to have that pass rush ready when needed when you got 54 and 99 coming off the edge? Well, they know it's coming. You know, the Patriots, they're 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 a smart team. They know that uh, with Bolson, Ingram, and even Uchenna, you know, they know that oh, yeah. those guys can get there. And even James, for that matter. They bring James a lot on blitzes and, and use him as an outside rusher. Um, so they do understand that, you know, they are going to try to attack and get and, and, and attack the middle of the pocket um, and try to get success there. And you need that. You know, you need – a front that can, you know, they can get there with just four uh, to force a quarterback, a quarterback to get the ball out of his hands, um, to get him to rush throws. And we've seen it this year. You know, when Brady's had pressure, have gotten hit in the pocket, hasn't been as effective. And the offensive line understands that. So I think it's going to be a great matchup up front. Um, and seeing this and, and having some experience against it, you know, the Patriots have played against fronts like this in the past. Yep. Uh, when Baltimore's had their best team, Seattle, I can go all the way down the line. So I'm sure they'll have something with two weeks off ready and prepared to try to negate that. We talk about this, really, this has been kind of the theme. You, you go strength for strength. You got a team this 9-0 and when they get on an airplane versus a team like the Patriots, 8-0 at home. And we know the mystique of the Patriots playing in Foxborough. Uh, just at first glance, Willie, your initial impressions of this matchup, starting with Rivers versus Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is this is a great situation. I think Rivers has proven he can win on the road, and I think he's always been a productive quarterback. And now um, he's been put in position uh, to 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 have other players on that side of the ball take some of the pressure off of him. Um, he just don't, he just doesn't have to win at throwing the ball forty times. There's a lot of ways and creativity and and personnel groups that they give him that allow him. Um, to get the ball out, to hand the ball off, or you know, take shots down the field. He he's he's comfortable and he's excited about the talent around him. I think he hasn't had this much talent around him since you know I don't know since probably LT played. But um, he seems comfortable. He seems confident. Uh, and listening to him talk, he seems like he's ready for the moment. And he looks you know he looks towards the challenge. And he's one of the better quarterbacks over the last decade. So. A lot of experience coming in, um, very confident because they have one in hostile environment. So I expect them to come out and, and play at a high level. You got to get vertical too in the passing game. And, you know, the last three games, albeit you play Baltimore two times, um, you haven't been able to get vertical, but you do. You got weapons like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams. And then we hear, you know, the potential of, of Hunter Henry. When you haven't seen a guy all season like Hunter, Willie, uh, how does that factor into a potential game plan when you, you don't quite know what to expect with the tight end? Well, he's a weapon. You know, I just don't know where he is. It's hard to come, you know, uh, you know, practice and, and just working out and not being in the live action. There's two different things. You know, it's, it's a difference, especially in the playoffs, because even the speed of the game then changes. So I think Hunter Henry, 
is definitely a talented player. I just don't know where he is or how effective he'll be. But him being out there, you definitely got to account for him. So, I mean, understanding me sitting here not being in the in the Chargers practice, I have no idea where he is or how he's cutting or moving or how effective he will be running. But if he's out there, you got to plan for him. So that takes time out of a defensive preparation yeah. to say, here's another guy to add in the fold and add in the mix along with everybody else um, that they have. And you got to expect he's going to be playing at a high level. You can't go in saying, oh, he's a, you know, he's a little gimpy or they won't use him on these downs or whatever. You got to expect and, and game plan for him to be 100%. How much of a factor do you think these running backs are going to play in this game on both sides? You know, we talk about Big. Gordon and Eckler, right? And then James White, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. It seems like that's going to be the bread and butter for the Pats as well. Absolutely. I mean, if you combine the touches uh, from the running backs, I believe from both teams, they've had more touches than anybody. And if you throw Gurley in the mix, than any backs uh, in the last since they've been in the league. So. Um, the backs are heavily uh, uh, used in both systems. I think they open up a lot of things down the field. And uh, with the running game, man, it, and having that balance, you see it across the league. Uh, you know, big-time quarterbacks, when you add balance to the system, their offensive systems, it just changes things. And it adds a lot, you know, it adds a lot um, for the defense to have to worry about, especially guys out of the backfield that can do both dual threats. So I'm looking at this matchup like I'm, I'm thinking the backs will be on both sides of the ball will be huge factors in this football game, um, not just handing the ball off to him, but in, in the passing game. Now, I don't know how healthy Melvin Gordon is, but, hey, this is the biggest game uh, and the only game that matters. So whatever they got to do to get him ready, I'm sure he'll be there full force. And when you add Eckler into the mix, you know, and all three backs on the other side with the Patriots will be ready to go. They use them in multiple ways as well. Willie, get you out of here on this. Listen, you're, you're a Patriots great. You played in a lot of these games in the playoffs. If you could, for our listeners, just the difference between regular season ball and getting ready for a divisional playoff game. Well, I, I think it's an opportunity to take the next step. And, you know, when you, if, if you, you can't look too far ahead. you got to see it as this is the next challenge in front of us. Um, you're one game until you're playing in the AFC championships, which gives you an opportunity if you win that to go to the Super Bowl. But I think the mentality for the coaches and players is it's a one game season. You know, nothing else really matters if we don't go out and, and play well and execute and gives our, and give ourselves an opportunity to win. So um, I, I'm sure, I, well, I know for a fact on the Patriots, that's how we, we thought that the, the entire time I was there for 12 years. And I know, uh, with Anthony Lynn having experience being in the playoffs as a player and, you know, being in, in a lot of playoff systems, um, he understands that. And, you know, a lot of these players are hungry. They're excited for the opportunity, but they also know that it could be over, you know, in a week. It's going to be a gem on Sunday. Willie McGinnis, we look forward to seeing you on NFL Network this weekend, my man. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, welcome back to Chargers Weekly here with Omar Ruiz at the Hogue Performance Center as we get ready for Sunday Chargers Pats. Omar, how are you, man? Good, good, Chris. Always a pleasure to be on here with you, and and I couldn't be more fired up for this game. It's going to be the potential to be a classic. And when we've been talking about these Chargers all year, we've heard Melvin Ingram say it over and over again, ASAP, ASAP, any squad, any place. ASAP's been the mantra. And I think this is the epitome of ASAP. 
this squad, that place. It should shape up to be a fantastic game. Been talking about it throughout the podcast, just strength versus strength. you got a team that's 8-0 at home versus a team that's 9-0 when you get on an airplane. you got Brady and Belichick. you got the Rivers-Brady aspect of it. you got this defense that's playing really lights out. You saw what they did last week in Baltimore. What are you gravitating towards at first glance here? Well, I think that it's a good point that you mentioned, the, the strength versus strength. And I think what you, you find, the commonality between these two teams is that mental toughness. And it's not so much um, you know, mental toughness to do anything extraordinary, but to do um, what they do best and to have discipline in that. And for, and for the Patriots, whenever they stumble and whenever the outside world says that the Patriots dynasty is ending, they just keep on task and they phase all of that out. For the Chargers, similarly, they've been able to phase out all distractions, whether it's being on the road, whether it's being in London, whether it's staying in Cleveland for two weeks. Everything that seemed to be a distraction, they've blocked out. They've been able to thrive in those circumstances. So I think both of those teams have that uh, thing in common, which is that mental discipline. I talk about the defense, and this is off the field, but you know we learned of, of Brandon Meebane and, and just the, the, the tragedy, his, his infant daughter, McKenna. Uh, I mentioned this at the top of the podcast. Our, our thoughts and, and prayers are with the entire Meebane family. He'll be back, but uh, you know it's one of those things, just more important in football as we get here to divisional round weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a heart crushing, and you know Brandon and I go back to his Seattle days, been yeah. covering him for a long time. Very, very special guy. He is. You know, I think this is a circumstance that's tragic for anybody, for any family to deal with, especially so when, when you know it's a guy that's as likable and as friendly and and as uh, you know well loved as Brandon Meebane is in that locker room. He was loved in that Seahawks locker room. Just just a really good good guy and and just more on a personal level his, his other two kids are the same age as my two kids so I know mm-hmm. we, we have a lot a lot of that in common so um, you know just gave him a big hug yesterday and and uh, and wished him well and you know this is something that you know as a parent you, you can't imagine and uh, you know the kind of heartbreak that he's going through in his family so certainly our condolences our prayers our thoughts with Brandon and um, it was interesting when he was asked if you know maybe maybe being back in the locker room being you know back with the football team might be a pleasant or welcome distraction yeah. in that and, and you know he just kind of you know put it put on a smile as best he could and just said you know he's thankful to be able to play this game and and just in talking to some of his teammates um you know they're confident that that you know his spirit will be uplifted on sunday and and he'll be able be able to go out and, and play a good game for the chargers yeah, the, the, the tight-knit group here in this locker room it, it can't be overstated really from from game one to where we are now and you know let's just talk about this defense for a second omar they got seven sacks on Lamar Jackson, a season high for them if you include the regular season. Tom Brady, in 15 of 16 games this year, he's been sacked two times or fewer. So I think that's really the chess match there. It can the Chargers get to Brady with four, with 54-99 coming off the edge. Yeah, well, that offensive line for the Patriots is really good. They're really disciplined. They're big. They're strong. They, they do everything well. They're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Brady commandeers it all with protections and coverages and, and everything that he does at the line of scrimmage. But certainly the, the Chargers defense is one of the more talented in football. Uh, schematically, what Gus Bradley has them do, throwing seven DBs into the mix last week, you know, was certainly something now that was effective against the Ravens 
but something that the the Patriots are aware of. And in talking to Brady yesterday in that conference call, he even mentioned the fact that it's something uh, additional for him to think about this week in terms of his sure. preparation. Um, so so if they're able to you know get home with four and and keep those seven back there, and it's very similar to what the Patriots do defensively. They they don't have the sack numbers. I don't think they're as talented up front as the Chargers are. So they're not getting the sacks, but they only very solid. Yeah, very solid. They they as as Philip Rivers told me yesterday, they, they muddy the pocket, they make it unclean, they make it uncomfortable for the quarterback, and then they're able to keep seven guys in coverage, and, and it's very difficult for players to get open there in the secondary, not to mention their coverage skills and the talent they have back there with yeah. Stephon Gilmore and such. So it's very, very similar styles now as we've seen the Chargers throw seven DBs uh, in the mix there. So it is the ultimate chess match, and, and I think the Chargers can go both ways. They can play quick with seven DBs on the field, and they can play big, throwing some linebackers and, and defensive linemen out there. So uh, Gus Bradley will have his hands full, certainly, but I think they're up for the challenge. Talking to Bill Cower earlier in this podcast, he talked about how they, the Patriots, that is, they take away your strength. They mm-hmm. take away your first strength. And he was intrigued to see what that was going to be when you talk about the charges. Is that Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler? Is it the running game? Is it Keenan Allen? What do you think that is, Omar? I, I think it's Keenan Allen and, and the receivers uh, for, the, for the Patriots. I think what makes the u- unique skill set for the Chargers is they can be covered, but because of their height and skill and ability, they can go up and make plays. And I think that's, that's the, the size nice, there. The, the size there. I think that's a nice security blanket for Phillip Rivers to throw to. But so I, I think that'll be what they take away because, you know, Melvin Gorvin has been banged up and, and certainly since he's come back from injury hasn't been as effective. Now, is that him just sort of finding his footing, learning how to play um, with a little soreness? And, and is he unleashed in this game? Austin Eckler's obviously working his way back and, and getting back into the mix. So so I think if I'm Bill Belichick, I take away those those receivers who can do so much damage on the field with, you know, 30, 40-yard plays uh, in the blink of an eye, uh, and, and you see if, if a banged-up Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler could beat you. And that's the thing with these receivers. There's three of them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and two of them are 6'4", the other yeah. one's 6'3". Yeah. You got Mike Williams, Stephon Gilmore, who he's going to match up I think is going to be fascinating. And then with Phillip, uh, the last three games, they haven't really gotten the running or the passing game going for that matter. You get the edge rushers with uh, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and what we saw in Baltimore. This could be a game where they can get that passing game going a little bit. I think so. I mean, I think that they'd be confident to do so. Um, and, and, you know, Antonio Gates, as clutch as he's been, you know, the the targets that he's been able to get in the middle of the yeah. field. Um, 11, and, 11 postseason games for Gates. He's caught a pass in every one of them. Yeah, and I think that it speaks to what you're saying. Maybe they're not getting the big play threats that they've been getting all season because uh, defenses are focusing on it, but the intermediate routes with Gates and those clutch catches, and, and who knows what Hunter Henry might be able to bring this week, and if, in fact, he does play, and, and of course, he's on the active roster now, and, and expect are that perhaps he'll give it a shot yeah. uh, and and maybe even just the distraction or the decoy of Hunter Henry and all the problems he poses when he's on the field can be enough to open up that passing game as well. When you're game planning for the Chargers, it's just another wrinkle mm-hmm. to think about yep. with Hunter Henry because we've talked about it all week. We don't know what his role is going to be, yeah. um, but we know that he's a dual threat tight end. We know he can help in the running game. We know he can help in the passing game. And if you throw him out with those other wide receivers and those running backs, it is tough uh, to home in on who to actually you know, defend there as your number one target. Well, you can have a you know a jumbo package, if you will, with two tight ends, Gates and Henry there, yeah. and, and both of them leak out and have capable to 
have big impacts. Even Virgil in the, Green. In the, yeah, Virgil Green, yeah, not to mention him. So, I mean, the, the, what they have, and, and Coach Wisenhun and Anthony Lynn, from an offensive standpoint, is just like we mentioned with the defense and all those different styles of play, all those different personnel that Gus Bradley can mix, mix in defensively. It's similar for what the Chargers can do offensively. The the um, accumulation of talent that they've had on, on both sides of the roster is why you know the Chargers have seen so much success this year and why they're a legitimate threat to go and uh, and take down the Patriots in Foxborough. What was your take on, on Philip Rivers talking to the media uh, earlier this week? This is a guy that, hey, Omar, if he wins, if he beats Brady in Foxborough, there'll be a second AFC championship game. He'll have to go through, you, you go to Indianapolis, you beat Peyton Manning on the road. So you'd beat Manning and Brady both on the road to get to two AFC championship games. Well, I think uh, Philip Rivers' legacy is secure. You know, wh- whether he goes to a Super Bowl, whether he wins a Super Bowl. Agreed. Um, you know, that's that that's all icing on the cake. I think he's proven um, from an early age playing through that torn ACL in New England and the toughness he's shown and, and the numbers he's been able to put up and produce, even when he hasn't had the most talent around him. He's always been able to find a way in the way he competes uh, in the NFL uh, versus all the teams and and talks and has fun and is good to people i think his his legacy is secure for a long long time and and i think that ends with a a gold jacket in canton now you ask him about you know uh, playing he is aware that he hasn't beaten tom brady in the playoffs um he talked about playing peyton manning in the playoffs and and how much that meant to him and and those successes so certainly um i think he's very secure with who he is but but being the fiery competitor today is there, there there's nothing that would make him happier than getting a big win on sunday and continuing this dream season yeah and it's you know it's it's less about beating Brady. it's just about getting to mm-hmm. the ultimate prize yeah. it doesn't matter if it's patrick mahomes or andrew luck or tom brady he just wants to get to the next round make no mistake this isn't a, a rivers versus brady thing this is just rivers wanting to get to the big one yeah but but i I do like how Rivers does acknowledge that he is aware of who the other quarterback is. Of course, because you have to. I asked Brady this, a similar question, and he sort of downplayed, you know, the, the the opposing quarterback, and it's not really about that, and and you know they don't really face off each other, and but but I do like how Rivers does acknowledge it, and he's a fan of the game, you know, first and foremost, and um, and appreciates the historical context of these two, the oldest postseason matchup in terms of quarterbacks combined age yeah. so we are seeing a special moment here and and of course we've heard this week about Rivers having you know most of the records in the NFL for a quarterback who has not appeared in a Super Bowl so so obviously you know getting there would be would be a big focus and and you know I wouldn't put it past this talented Chargers team to to show up in Atlanta in a big way you know entering this weekend Brady Rivers, Breeze, a combined 60 postseason starts, the rest of the field just 15. So it's it's special when you get those guys all playing on the same weekend. I want to ask you about New England and just the mystique of Foxborough. You've been there a bunch of times. Couple that with just it being January, Brady and Belichick, this is their their money month. Uh, what is it like to play a game there, especially when the stakes are high? Well, it's... Uh it's one of the few venues in football where you can feel the energy of the crowd. I mean, it, it really is a, an enthusiastic bunch, and, and they get after you. It's hostile. Um, and then you throw in the elements that you might see this weekend with the cold. It looks like the forecast uh, snow is no longer. We were just talking uh, about our wardrobe, yeah. Omar. We may have to, we may have yeah. to amend yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, right? I went to the North Face. I got some nice, <laughs> thick, functional gloves to get me through uh, a couple days of coverage. We'll be on the air Saturday. We'll be on the air Sunday as well, of course, uh, pre 
pregame, but uh, it's going to be a lot of time outside in, in 20s, 30s uh, degrees. But if it's sunny uh, and, and if it's, you know, somewhere in the 20s and 30s, uh, I talked to Philip Rivers ye- yesterday and he said that, you know, they'll take it. And, and mm-hmm. it's something that we saw him in Kansas City go out before the game. It was 35 degrees. He was in shorts warming up and we saw how well they played there in that second half. So uh, nothing seems to phase this Chargers team. And and, and if unless it's a physical impediment like snow, like crazy wind, I think they'll be just fine on Sunday. Finally, Omar, know what you know about both of these teams from the beginning of the season to where we are now. What do you think could decide it? Well, for me, I mean, the, the big deciding factor for all of these close tight games is turnovers. And, and I think, you know, both teams will will feel each other out, you know, might have a slow starting uh, first half. They'll make some adjustments, and, and, and I expect to see some fireworks before it's all said and done, whether that comes in, you know, the, the second, third, you know, middle part of the game or, or in the fourth quarter. But I think whoever protects the football most, and, and you know, that's been a key for, for Philip. You know, if he protects the football, yeah. the, the Chargers, you know, play very well, and I, and I think that'll be a similar circumstance. And similar, if they can get to Brady and, and force him to give them the ball and get extra possessions and, and keep it away from him and that potent offense. Everyone talks about the demise of Tom Brady in that offense. I look up their fourth in the league in scoring. Yeah. You know, they're still churning it out. Year old. He, he's only been sacked 21 times this year, too, Omar. Yeah, they lose Deion Lewis. They're still fifth in the league in rushing and just somehow, some way, keep finding a way. So if they can keep the ball away from them as best as possible, especially, um, you know, with Rivers and the weapons that they have, they'll be in very good shape. Yeah, that turnover battle, Chargers 8-0 when they win the turnover battle this year. Omar, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you in Foxborough. Travel safely and uh, dress warmly, yes, Chris. Yes, you too, sir. <laughs> Here with Daniel Jeremiah at the Hope Performance Center. DJ, we're here, man. We're getting ready for Foxborough. I know. I, well, last I heard, most importantly, m- maybe no snow. We were looking at five inches in the forecast uh, a couple days ago, and there now was, they're saying it looks better, right? There was a time on Monday where you looked at the 10-day, and it said five to eight inches. So it's fluid as we tape this, as we talk about this. But hopefully we avoid the, the white stuff. I was going to have to borrow Ricky's snow boots, but it doesn't look like that's going to be necessary now. Yeah, Ricky, what size are the snow boots? Yeah, it'll be a little snug, but we can make it work. <laughs> Let's rewind to Baltimore, DJ. Yep. When you saw seven DBs get <laughs> trotted out on the field, what were your thoughts? Well, fortunately, I, I, I talked with Coach Bradley the day before, and he kind of alerted me to what the what the plan was here. And so uh, I was on the lookout for it. There and, you go. Uh, I, was, I knew... I thought, okay, primarily we'll see that, but I didn't know that it was going to be, this is it, we're going to roll with it, and they roll with 58 it. 58 of 59 snaps. All but one snap. So uh, they committed to it, and, man, I'd, you have to tip your cap. I mean, what a great job of of not only being able to assess what the other team wants to do and, and building your team to stop them, but also just with injuries saying, okay, we're not just going to put the next man up because they have the same uh, position next to their name. We're going to put our best 11 guys on the field. Yeah. I thought that's what they did. It was not just an adjustment, but you said, I mean, you lose Jatavis Brown, you lose Denzel Perriman earlier in the year. Um, Brandon Meebane did not play in that game. So you have to adjust, but at the same time, it was probably the most optimal lineup. No when you talk about having Rayshon Jenkins back there for 58 or 59 snaps. Yeah. He hadn't started but one game that week 17. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was it was perfect. They got so much speed on the field, and I thought the way they were able to win up front, they won with quickness and speed up front when they were able to get their ends over the guards. I mean, they just had a field day on the left guard position there. Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst gave up three, and then they brought Bozeman in, and he gave up one. I mean, yeah, Bozeman Ingram lined him. up inside too. That's what they did, and the the Ravens never, you know, and kind of it was. 
interesting to me. They didn't really adjust to it. They were still chipping on Chenna coming off the edge. So they're giving him two bodies worth of attention. And here you've got Bosa and Ingram working on a guard with two-way goes because they fanned out the protection and there's no help. Yeah. Um, so I, I just thought it was a brilliant job of coaching. The kicker, Michael Badgley. How about that? That was one of the best performances you'll see by a kicker in the playoffs. In Baltimore, in a stadium where they already have the best kicker in football. But it was Michael Badgley, the rookie from the U, comes in middle of the year, 5 of 5, DJ. You know what? I, I was, I'm, not a, I'm not a great kicker scout. I'll come out with that right away. When, we were, uh, when I was with teams and we were going over kickers, I took the How time. How do you scout a kicker, though? So you do, you'll do the you know, touch-to-toe, like on a punter and stuff like that. How long you time when he catches the ball, when he hits it. Operation time for field goal kicker from the when the ball is snapped to when he kicks it up. Um, then you're talking about, you're making up, like you know what you're talking about. Oh, he's got great lift. He's got a nice swing. Sure. You know, it's like your golf coach. Um, we don't know what we're talking about with kickers. <laughs> there's only the special teams coach is the only people on the planet that know how to evaluate kickers. Of course. But I, I came away talking to Badgley after that game and uh, seeing how well he's done. I, I actually made kind of a mental note. Okay, in evaluating kickers going forward, I think I know the number one quality I'm looking for. After a game, he's just bored. Like he's just totally un, 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 uninspired by what he's just done out there. Ho hum. He's the one of the pulse. guys too. He, man. Everybody loves him yeah. on the plane. He's got gold chains on, and guys are he's having fun. They're cracking <laughs> the up, laughing. Adventure. Yeah, he's the best. But to me, it's just like he doesn't. He's not even impressed with himself. He's just out there, just just chill. It's it's almost expected, right? No question. Yeah, I just go out there. That's what I do. It's my job. I go kick it through the uprights. So the offense. Listen, that's the. That's the number one defensive football. Yeah. They're, they're a punishing group. You needed all five of those field goals and that touchdown by Melvin Gordon. I look at the last three games, and I'll be at two against the Ravens, Week 17 against the Broncos. The passing game, I think you got to get that thing rolling yeah. here in Foxborough. Yeah, they're going to need to score points. They're going to get the pass game cranked up. I mean, the good news is um, the Patriots are – a very sound defense, yeah. um, and they can give you some different looks. But just personnel-wise, with what they present, it's not. There's not a Von Miller. They're Bradley twenty second against the pass two this yeah, year. Yeah, it's not. You're not going to see the two kids, the two guys up there in Denver, or that that collection of defensive talent that the Ravens bring to the table. So, um, this is the opportunity. Now you, you've got you've got to have uh, you got to have to generate some big plays in the passing game. I think there's been some opportunities during this this run here to get some big plays. Phillip would even tell you he missed a couple on those early interceptions in those games, first throw interceptions. Um, but other than that, there's times where they've got somebody, you know, Travis Benjamin in the first meeting against the Ravens is screaming down the scene, but the protection didn't hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ho- hopefully the protection will be a little bit better against a, a group that's not quite as formidable as the uh, as the previous groups they've seen recently. You know, DJ, game plans change week to week anyway. Just talking to, to Coach Cower about the game plan of Baltimore, that was kind of the deal. Get, get it out of your hands quickly. Get it yeah. to the backs. So that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate to New England. It could be a totally different game plan. No question. I think they'll have some opportunities down the field. I think you'll see Tyrell and Mike get some some chances to make some plays uh, down the field. So, you know, th- that, that all comes down to protection. Big plays start with protection, and I think they'll have some opportunities in this one. I think the ability to get to Brady with four, with Bosa and Ingram, that, that's probably the biggest key defensively. And inside out, getting inside out pressure, that's huge. And, uh, you know, I like what they've been able to do, not only just with Bosa and Ingram inside, but you look at what they've been able to do with Isaac Rochelle when he's out there getting some penetration and getting after it. Then you also look at uh, who I think is one of the unsung heroes of this defense, Darius Phylon, getting some inside there penetration. There you go. He didn't get talked about enough. Not enough. And and they got in the backfield in this past game, and that's going to be key not only to getting to Tom Brady, um, 
Um, but this is a physical offensive line. This is a physical run game. Tight ends, fullbacks are going to want to come downhill. Uh, I think that's, again, where the Chargers' quickness needs to show up. You know, how about Justin Jones, too? Just a guy. We don't He's talk about him enough He's either. He's been great. And, and being able to collapse the pocket. You know, when you've got some edge guys, it sure helps when you've got somebody inside that can really push the pocket. And he did that and he found, found his way into a sack. Uh, you take the lineman right back into the lap of the quarterback and go ahead and tackle him while you're there. He's He is a strong, powerful dude. And with no Brandon Meebane, especially in this previous game, he stepped up. Both of these teams like to get the ball to the running backs in the passing game. Yes. We, we talk about James, James White, White uh, oh, yeah. Burkhead, you know, the, the running game with Sony Michelle. Is that priority A, you think, trying to bottle up those running backs? Well, I, to me, I just it's a different game with the Patriots. You know, the Chargers bugaboo has been giving up big plays over the top, and that's not really what this team does. It's death by a million paper cuts. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to get the backs involved, uh, quick shallow crosses, hitches, uh, just get the ball out of your hand, and then they sustain drives. To me, this whole key for the Chargers defense is red zone. Um, and that's why you feel okay about it because the Chargers have been so great. Uh, they kind of bow their neck a little bit when they get down there. The Patriots are going to move the ball. Uh, Tom Brady's going to carve you up with these little underneath throws. But then once you get down in the red area, you've got to find a way to get stops. Yeah. The mystique of going to New England, you know, we look through this 2018 season and just see all the, the places these guys have gone on the road and, and won. The confidence that they must have just going into Foxborough, knowing that it's a whole different deal with Belichick and Brady, you do have a little bit of an edge going into this, I have to imagine. Well, I think they're kind of in a good spot because you've got a quarterback and a coaching staff that is so experienced that they're not going to be awed by going in there. Been there, done that. Um, and then you've got so many other young players I don't know if they know any better. That's what I'm saying. They don't even know any better. They don't even know any better. And so that may be a good thing. I think it could be a good thing. And so you know, we'll see how it all how it all shakes out. But this is a team, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you've been talking about it, and everybody will be talking about it all week. You know, Seattle, there's no AFC team had gone in there and beat Russell Wilson since he's been the quarterback there in Seattle. A lot of firsts this year, right? Oh, yeah. The Pittsburgh, the streak that when they're up by stat. 14 yeah. points. They never lose games, so they do that. Kansas City, not an easy place to go and win. Um, you know, even backs against the wall in London against the, the Tennessee Titans team where you got to have a stop late in the game. They've just found a way to, to get it done. And, you know, again, that Tennessee game, Melvin Gordon went in that game. Yep. You didn't have Brandon Meebane. You work with what you no got. No Bosa either. Yeah, and no Bosa, exactly. And then you get Joey Bosa fully healthy. Uh, I want to ask you, too, about the, the Hunter Henry factor. Now, yeah. we, we don't know what his role was going to be on Sunday, but the sheer fact that you have to account for him, you have to game plan for him, uh, how does that factor into everything here? Well, I think the guy that's going to benefit is Keenan Allen. Um, because now you've got two guys that can really work in the middle of the field, and Hunter can create some space for Keenan in there. So it's going to be fun to watch how they work off of each other. Again, I have no idea if he's going to play one play, ten plays, twenty plays, no clue. Yeah. And what his role is going to be, what it's blocking. Going, what it, what yep. it's going to be. But I do know one thing, just even watching him before the game the other day, going through his routine, is he can run. Hmm. And uh, and that's going to that's gonna be helpful to Phillip. Finally, DJ, keys to this game. What's going to decide this one if the Chargers get to AFC Championship weekend? Well, I thought last week, you know, outside of the, the Virgil Green fumble, he's trying to just fight for extra yardage. Playing a clean game, playing a cleaner game is going to be huge. Against the Patriots, they thrive on turning you over. Um, just play a clean football game. I think the Chargers have a better roster of players. Um, they just can't get, they can't turn the ball over, can't give Tom Brady a short field. That, to me, is the key. Let's get it, man. Here we go. All right, Chargers fans, it's playoff time, and at Pizza Hut, they're more than just a $5 lineup of medium one-topping pizzas, wings, and Cinnabon mini rolls. They're the easiest choice you'll make all week. Just $5 each at Pizza Hut when you buy two or more. All right, to get this week's opposing view, we bring in Ben Volan of the Boston Globe. 
And Ben, listen, you've covered a lot of these divisional round games. What are the Patriots saying about this one, facing the Chargers Sunday in Foxborough? I think uh, you're hearing a lot of respect coming from the Patriots so far. It's uh, uh, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, the players are echoing what a good uh, team the Chargers are and what a a tough challenge this is going to be across the board uh, on Sunday. Uh, The Patriots are usually pretty automatic at home in these uh, divisional round playoff games. I think they've only lost uh, twice in this round over all the years that they've made the playoffs. But uh, on paper, the Chargers... They certainly look like the better team. Uh, it's hard to find too many weaknesses with this Chargers team. They're they're real solid across the ball across the board uh, on both sides of the ball, and led by a very tough quarterback in, in Phil Rivers. And obviously, this team is road tested and battle te- tested this year with uh, all the wins uh, away from Los Angeles, and I think some impressive road wins in uh, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and, and now Baltimore last week. So I, I think the Patriots realize uh, this is not going to be an easy challenge for them, and. There's probably a lot of nervousness in, in New England right now. Uh, people obviously want this uh, sixth Super Bowl ring, but I think uh, with the way the Patriots were kind of playing towards the end of the season and the way the Chargers have looked, uh, this is definitely uh, going to be a difficult challenge for the Patriots. Well, man, it's fascinating because you talk about the Chargers 9-0 and when they get on a plane this year versus a team that's, like you said, they've been pretty automatic in the playoffs. They're 8-0 at home this year. I tell you, Ben, game plans change week to week in this league, but what impressed you about what the Chargers were able to do against the Ravens, specifically on defense for three and a half quarters, essentially? Yeah, the way they stifled the run and um, really made the Ravens play left-handed, uh, took, took out Lamar Jackson in that run game and, tried, and turned him into a passer. And uh, they did that like no other team before. I'm sure other teams have tried to do that with Lamar Jackson, but the, the Chargers certainly pulled that off. A Ravens team that was averaging 230 rushing yards with Lamar Jackson only had 90 uh, against the Chargers on Sunday. So that was that was really impressive. I, I really like the way that uh, Gus Bradley has has gotten creative with the personnel. Uh, I know the the linebacker uh, was just put on IR this week, and we all know they played seven defensive backs all game. You know that's the kind of um, you know outside the box thinking that you need to beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots uh, a lot of times. You can't just be stuck to your certain formula. Uh, I know Gus Bradley in that defense, they've been running that scheme. Uh, he's been running that scheme for years at different stops. But I know they're going to be wrinkles, and, and they're going to have some, some new presence for the Patriots on Sunday. And uh, between Bosa and Ingram up front uh, and uh, some of the excellent DBs, King and um, Casey Hayward and, and Derwin James, obviously the fantastic rookie that he's had, it's going to be tough sledding for the Patriots' offense, no question. And uh you know, I think it's a big game for the Patriots running backs. Last year when these teams played, uh, James White and Rex Burkhead were their leading receivers, and I think you're, you're going to see a lot of that from the Patriots on Sunday just because Rob Gronkowski hasn't been himself. They lost Josh Gordon. And other than Julian Edelman, they really don't have a whole lot on the outside right now. Well, Ben, it's a great segue into this film piece that you did for the Boston Globe this week. It was really good, really detailed. And one of the keys that you outlined is just how the running backs in the passing game for both teams could be a major key, both the the Chargers and the Patriots were at the top of the league. We talk about Gordon and Eckler and just James White and company. Would you say for the Chargers, slowing a guy like James White probably priority A? Uh, You know, you still have to keep an eye on Rob Gronkowski, even though he's not the same player that he once was. you know, he, he's still someone who, who can be dangerous. Uh, he had 100 yards against uh, the Dolphins at a touchdown a few weeks ago. James White and Rex Burkhead, I, I think, are going to be the, the top receivers out of necessity more than anything. I just, other than Julian Edelman, I don't see too many players on the Patriots offense that are going to be able to consistently win their one on one matchups. Uh, I, I don't know if the Chargers 
really have to focus on taking out one player with the Patriots. It's crazy to say because they were fourth in the league in scoring, but you know, you take Josh Gordon out of the equation and you look at how the Patriots have been functioning. I, I almost don't count the final two games against the Bills and Jets, home games against teams that really had nothing to play for. You know, otherwise the Patriots, their personnel, it, you know, no one's really having this alpha year. They didn't have any pro bowlers uh, other than Brady on that side of the ball. Edelman's been been pretty good, and White's been durable for them. But they, don't, you know, Cordero, excuse me, Cordero Patterson's probably been their most dynamic player on offense, mm. and he only touches the ball five six times a game, uh, mostly on end arounds and quick screens, and and maybe the occasional deep ball. Um, so I, you know, it's going to be uh, the Patriots are going to have to grind the ball. Uh, I think against the Chargers, really control the ball, um, get their running backs involved, and you know, try to hit a big play or two with uh, Cordero Patterson, but. You know, I, don't, I think the Chargers, I don't think they need to do anything crazy as far as shadowing a guy or taking someone out. I, I think they just need to do what they do and rely on their talent and their scheme to overcome whatever the Patriots have on offense. Ben, I know Josh Gordon was a late arrival to the team, but you know he was something else in terms of getting the ball vertical. How, how much has the loss of Gordon really changed and affected what Brady and company do? That's kind of to be determined. Uh, he was suspended in the middle of week 16. So it was just the last two games. Like I said, it was, it was against the Bills and the Jets. Um, good performances by the Patriots, but it's hard to take too much out of those games considering the opponent. Yeah. Uh, and the, both those games were at home. So, you know, they've had those two weeks, plus they had the bye week now, and so it's been about a month by the time they get to Sunday's game that they'll, uh, you know, have not had Josh Gordon. And this is a team that rolls with the punches better, as well or better than anyone in terms of, Look, whether he's suspended or injured, like they deal with this all the time. Players just suddenly having to leave the game or uh, go on IR for the season. So the Patriots are usually pretty good at adjusting. They just don't have a whole lot of firepower right now. The whole reason they had Gordon and were playing him, it was out of necessity. Uh, I think they overestimated how much Gronkowski would have left in the tank and uh, Julian Edelman as well. And, you know, getting rid of Brandon Cooks from last year and Danny Amendola, Deion Lewis, they lost. Uh, a good amount of firepower from their offense, and they haven't always replaced it this year. Um, so Gordon was was their best yards after catch guy, who's their only big receiver, a jump ball guy. They don't really have that on their defense. Rob Gronkowski is their other big target, but you know he's been slowed by ankle and back injuries all year, and just clearly, you know, looks like a shell of himself physically. Um, so they don't have any big receivers right now, and that's why I think it's going to be the little guys uh, this Sunday. It's going to be uh, Burkhead and White and Edelman. Uh, and maybe a dash of Cordell Patterson having to, to carry the way for the Patriots. Yeah, we could see Derwin James on Rob Gronkowski throughout the game on Sunday. You flip it over to the other side, Ben. Who are a few defensive players that you think the Chargers fans should have eyes on this Sunday? Um, it's not just Gordon and Eckler. You got you got guys like uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, potentially Hunter Henry in what capacity, we don't know yet. Um, but it, it could be a, a, quite the challenge for a, for a Patriots defense that's played pretty well this year. Yeah, no question. Um, the Patriots defense has been good. I, I wouldn't say they've been great, but they were, uh, I think, certainly a lot better than what they showed in the Super Bowl last year against the Eagles. Uh, Brian Flores, in his first year as the defensive coordinator, has, has done a really nice job with the unit, and they're not quite good enough to win games, but they've been solid, and you know they held Pittsburgh to 17 points on the road, and you should be able to win that game, but the offense only scored 10. Uh, the Chargers present so many problems just because uh, you know all the skill players you mentioned, first of all, they're all big. The Chargers have an incredible amount of size between all those receivers, the big offensive line. Melvin Gordon's a big physical 215-pound running back. There's a lot of size 
with that Chargers offense. And the Patriots don't have great size. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is a, a pretty big, lanky corner. He can play press. You know, we'll see if they end up matching him up with a Mike Williams or a Tywell or even Keenan Allen. I could see, frankly, I could see Gilmore on any of those three guys. But between uh, Jason McCourty and, and J.C. Jackson, uh, Jonathan Jones, some of their other corners, they don't have great size there. Uh, Patrick Chung is their safety. He's uh, great in coverage, but he's going to be giving five, six inches to Hunter Henry and, and Antonio Gates. Um, I still think it revolves around Melvin Gordon and Eckler, though. Uh, the Chargers, as you mentioned before, the Chargers and the Patriots are one and two in the league in terms of uh, passing yards to their running backs. And we've all seen what Gordon can do. He can just take a, a simple swing pass and take it 66 yards to the house, or he can run through guys. I still think that the Patriots need to focus the most on him and, and make Phillip Rivers uh, beat them on the outside with Keenan Allen and, and the Williams uh, brothers. But uh, I also think you'll see a lot of blitzing from uh, the Patriots. You can't let Phillip Rivers get comfortable. He can pick you apart with all those different weapons. Uh, we've seen this year when he gets some pressure, sometimes he might throw it off his back foot. A couple of those interceptions against Kansas City uh, stick out to me uh, where he just kind of floated it up there in the face of the blitz. So I think you'll see a lot of that from the Patriots, kind of bringing everyone up to the line of scrimmage, um, disguising their rush, disguising their coverage, and then backing out of things and blitzing you know, right at the snap and trying to confuse Rivers and force them into some bad throws because uh, this Chargers offense definitely presents a lot of problems for a defense. Ben, as I mentioned at the top, you covered a lot of these playoff games at Foxborough specifically. Simply put, man, what makes the Patriots so dominant at home? Just they they, uh, they have their routine. I, I, I just think in general there's a, a, a home field advantage uh, in the NFL, especially when you get to the playoffs. The best teams are, are playing at this time of year. And, you know, they're, they're built a lot of times for cold weather games. Uh, they practice in the cold for a lot of the second half of the season, build that mental toughness. Um, they focus on a lot of the small details, the you know uh, situational football that Bill Belichick's always talking about, and those little things usually add up uh, to, to wins in the end. Um, you know, they also haven't had the most competitive games. The, this is their first real tough matchup in the divisional round probably since 2014 when they beat the Ravens. Um, the game where they had they had to bust out the double pass from Edelman and the eligible ineligible formations that made the Ravens crazy. The last three years they've uh, they played basically uh, we call them in, in Boston uh, tomato can games. They played uh, the Titans and the Texans and the Chiefs when back when they had Alex Smith and there wasn't a real threat that they would come in and upset the Patriots who were you know usually the number one seed and usually pretty loaded with talent. This year I think the talent's a little off. The offense is down. And I think the rest of the league is, you know, the Patriots are, they used to be above the pack. Now they're in the pack. They, I could see them making a Super Bowl run, and I could see them losing to the Chargers uh, on Sunday. Uh, it's re- you know, these, these games, uh, it's great for the NFL this year. A lot of evenly matched teams uh, and some great matchups on paper. Um, so I just think uh, even, you know, the Patriots have been undefeated at home this year, and they have some big wins over Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes. But they just haven't been playing well uh, well so late, and uh, I think this is going to be a very, very difficult challenge for them on Sunday. Finally, Ben, I mentioned this too. The, the film pieces you did for Boston Globe, I suggest fans check that out. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Of all that good stuff, what do you think is going to decide Sunday's game? I have to say, I think the defense for the Patriots has to come up with a couple plays. They, they've got to force Phillip Rivers into a turnover or two. 
uh, or the special teams. The Patriots need a long kickoff or punt return. They need to block a punt. Uh, the Patriots are going to need a little bit of help in this one. I think if they just try to go uh, toe-to-toe with the Chargers, I- I'm not sure the Patriots' offense is going to be able to operate uh, against a very, very difficult and speedy uh, Chargers defense. So I think the Patriots have to be able to to go Philip Rivers into a, a bad interception, or you know, get lucky with a fumble return. Um, the the Patriots defense and special teams, I think, needs to come up big on Sunday. Ben Volan, Boston Globe, awesome stuff as usual. Ben, uh, look forward to seeing you on Sunday, man. All right, thank you very much. And that's going to do it. My thanks to Ben Volan, Daniel Jeremiah, Omar Ruiz, Willie McGinnis, and Bill Cower for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please help spread the word. Enjoy Sunday's game in Foxborough as the Chargers look to advance to the AFC Championship game. And until next time, I'm Chris Harry.